Hey, welcome to the Keep Moving Forward podcast with Tom O'Leary. I am so grateful that you're tuning in. Thank you for dialoguing, asking questions, giving uh, ideas for future podcasts. Uh, thanks for sharing these messages with family and friends and coworkers and the people at the gym and the people you run into. Uh, it's just been such a blessing. And thank you so much. If you're able to donate, I am so, so grateful. You can get all the podcast messages on the website, tomoleary.org, T-H-O-M-O-L-E-A-R-Y.org. Stand up, fight, fight, fight. And you can also donate there. There's a give button, a donate button. And uh, any little amount is a blessing because it helps keep things going and growing. Oh, I'm excited about today's message, today's podcast. I'm going to be talking about the God of second chances. And when I say second chances, I mean there's a lot of S's on the end of that chances and a lot of exclamation points. Because the reality is, He's the God of seconds and thirds and 27ths and 144ths and 326ths and so on and so on and so on. And so we got to understand the heart of God. And that's where we're going to, we're going to be talking about four different hearts today. But before I do, I want to tell you a little story about my father-in-law. A few years back, my father-in-law was being tested, his heart was being tested at Stanford Hospital. And so they had him on the treadmill and all wired up. And all of a sudden he goes in to a heart attack. And so immediately they rush him into the surgery room. They cut him open and they put this little stint about almost about an inch big, a little round tube, little stint in his, uh, one of the main arteries and all of a sudden everything went back to normal. There was, there was flow, there was blood flow. And what I feel like God wants to do in your spiritual heart is give you a spiritual stint where there could be flow and that God would put that stint in your heart and the Holy Spirit would just be able to flow, flow, flow through you back and forth and that you'd really know the heart of God. Well, today we're going to be in Luke 15, and Jesus had three different parables, stories that have a spiritual principle. And so in Luke 15, this is what Jesus was trying to drive home the point. Lost things matter to God. And so he talks about the lost lamb and that there were 99 that that he left to go get the one that wandered. And he didn't just leave them alone. They were protected. And back in those days, they had these rock fences and gates. And so, you know, he gets them all ready. And then he runs after the, the one, but passionately goes after that one. Didn't want to lose one. Left the 99 to go get the one. Lost things matter to God. And then Jesus tells the story about a woman who loses her coin. Oh, no. And she searches the house over and over. And then she finds the coin and she goes out and tells all her neighbors, I found my coin. And you know, it's interesting. If it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. But again, Jesus was driving home. Lost things matter to God. And so today, as we get to the third story, the third parable, the parable of the lost son, 
we're going to talk about four hearts. Uh, the first heart is the heart before pain. The second heart is during pain. The third heart is after pain. And then the fourth one, the heart of the Father. So let me read you the parable of the lost son found in Luke 15, verse 11 through 24. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got all together he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. So they began to celebrate. You know, number one heart, the heart of the younger son before pain is what I would call the sway. Temptation is around. There's different ways to go. And his heart started to to move this way. I was invited by a gentleman to write a letter for his 18-year-old son, kind of a rite of passage into manhood. And in that letter, I warned him, there's going to be pain later down the road for you. And you know what? It's going to hurt like hell. And I think that the younger son had this sway going on. Because in verse 13, it said, Not long after that, the younger son got together all he said had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. So he goes out of the area and parties hard. Wild living. And it's interesting, it uses the word squandered. You know, we don't use that word very often. Hey, teenage son, did you squander your allowance? You know, we don't use it. So I looked up the word squander in the New Testament Greek. Remember, the New Testament was written in Greek, Old Testament Hebrew. And it's the word dioscorpison. That's a mouthful. But you know what it means? It means wasted. I think we could relate to that word, that he went out and he wasted it all. He got wasted and he wasted it all. James 13, I'm sorry, James 1, verse 13 to 15 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. 
But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Verse 15, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. So we have sin in our DNA, that temptation, that sway, and it says by your own evil desire, but it also uses the word enticed. So it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, and Adam sins, and uh, you know, well, Eve sins and then, you know, takes a bite of the forbidden fruit, then, you know, hands it to Adam. Adam takes a bite. You know, now they're they're naked and, and ashamed and they're hiding in the bushes and God's yelling, Adam, Adam. And he hears this little voice, Adam's not here. And God says, Adam, it's got to be you. You're the only two I've created. And so, <laughs> and so you know, it's in our DNA from the very beginning. You know, welcome to the human race. There was this famous preacher that said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to walk past Abraham, walk past Moses, past David, walk past Mary, past Apostle Paul. I'm going to go up to Adam and punch him in the nose. (laughs) He was fired up. Yeah. So number one, the heart of the younger son before pain is the sway. And you and I can experience that too. But during the pain, during the pain, the heart has to sit in it. That's number two. During the pain, the heart has to sit in it. And so verse 16 says, He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He's longing for pig slop. And you know it's a low moment in life when you want to eat what the pigs are eating. You know, I did 4-H growing up and FFA and I raised pigs. And I'm telling you what, I did never, ever, ever want to eat what they were eating. I mean, you have had to hit rock bottom. As one professional football player said about hitting rock bottom, he was living the wildlife and he had a massive injury And so he's in the hospital, laying on the bed, and he's crying out to God. And he has a come to Jesus moment. And his quote was, God had to get me on my back so that I'd finally look up. God does use pain and we have to sit in it. But there is good news as you sit in the pain. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a beautiful promise. You confess to God and you're forgiven and you're cleansed. They're gone forever. The famous uh, history uh, figure Sam Houston that Houston, Texas was named after, uh, lived a very uh, shady life, very wild life, but he came to Christ late in life. And so he was going to get baptized. So the local church and went down with the church and the pastor and they uh, they go down into a river. And, and so the pastor says, I now baptize you, Sam, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he plunges him in and pulls him out. And uh, the pastor says to Sam, Sam, your sins have been washed away. 
And Sam Houston's reply was, God help the fish. <laughs> he had a lot of toxic sin. Yeah. And so, you know, during the pain, we just have to sit in it. Well, let's go to the third heart. The change of heart of the younger man, younger son, after pain is, I know what I need to do. After pain, and we've all experienced pain. We know what it's like. And it says in Luke 15, verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? I'm here and I'm starving to death. And so the younger son has this come to Jesus moment. And there's this evaluation, which I think is important. What he's saying is, I could have this or I could have this. And I love how the scripture says, you know, when he came to his senses, if you grew up in the 70s, uh, there was an old V8 commercial. V8 was a, is a vegetable drink. And the commercial, they would uh, have a different drink and then they'd slap their head and go, oh, I could have had a V8. And so he has a V8 moment. Well, James 4, verse 17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So, for them, ought to do. You know, it makes me think of my dad. You know, he had his lines, you know, patience is a virtue, moderation in all things, do what you ought to do. And so, this is where I'd like, you know, to just tell a little bit of my story. Uh, You know, I pastored for 30 years at the same church, was a member there for 36 years. And four and a half years ago, uh, my world blew up. And I mean blew up. And I was losing everything. I was on my knees. I was thinking, Lord, this has got to be a nightmare. Wake me up. I, I I was... praying, you know, uh, do you remember the Superman movie with Christopher Reeves, the real Superman, by the way, and he, something tragic happens. And so he uh, flies around the world, uh, reverse around, 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 and somehow brings time back. And, uh, and, you know, I'm praying, God, could you do that miracle? Could you, we could, we just go back. And, you know, for me, I just drew a line in the sand and said, you know, uh, I'm going to just focus on my marriage, Sherry. She's my everything. And, you know, husbands were called to lay our lives down, you know, as Christ loved the church. And Sherry would say, too, that our personal world was really, really difficult. Uh, a lot of pain points. There was uh, some things that happened to our children and, and to our family uh, it was really one of the hardest seasons, and I wasn't doing well. And Sherry would call it, you know, the the hard, horrible, heavy season. And after my world blew up, and and I ended up uh, resigning, and and I took one of my daughters out to to lunch, and we were talking and just connecting. And at the very end, we're kind of wrapping up and getting up, and and she looks to me and she says. Dad, what happened? And I looked to her and I said, I, I didn't handle my pain well. I didn't handle my pain well. And so we just have to understand that, um, you know, God loves us and God forgives us. 
And God is the God of second chances. And that's number four. The heart of the Father is mercy. Uh, Grace is getting what I don't deserve. Mercy is getting, is not getting what I do deserve. And that is the reality. Luke 15, verse 20 through 21 says, But while he was still away off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So I got to imagine the father is on the porch every night and he's waiting and he's watching And he's looking at the horizon. He knows the shape of his son. He's waiting for the silhouette to come up over the hill. And it will be unmistakable. And so, you know, uh, I have it written in my Bible. God ran. (laughs) God ran. It says the father ran to his son, threw his arms around him. Guess what? He runs. God runs. And he runs. And it's okay to write in your Bible. I wrote in my Bible, God ran. And it's an important thing to know. You know, Lamentations 3, 22 through 25, again, reminds us the heart of God. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who whose hope is in him to the one who seeks him. And so what jumps off the page are two C words, (laughs) consumed, we're not consumed, and compassions. His compassions never fail. And so they're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So every morning you wake up, you say to yourself, it's your mercy, Lord. It's been your mercy. It always will be your mercy. It's your mercy, Lord. You know, part of my... Uh, coming to a good, healthy place, uh, you know, being recommissioned, started about two years ago. There were three guys that met each other at church, and they didn't know each other. All three didn't know all three. And my name came up. And they're like, what? Tom O'Leary, he's my best friend. And the other guy's like, no, Tom O'Leary, he's my best friend. Are you kidding me? Tom O'Leary is my best friend. So they're they're having a fight of who's... Tom O'Leary's best friend. And and then they go, you know what? There's a men's breakfast. Let's invite him. Let's invite him. And so they uh, all call me separately. And I'm talking to one of them and, and I'm going, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, hey, it's a cliff jump. But once you do one cliff jump, you know, the second one's a little easier and the third one's a little easier. And so I uh, decide to make a cliff jump. And so, but it was funny because I had parameters. I said, okay, here's the deal. I'll go to the men's breakfast, but I want two seats in the back corner by the exit door. And if I want to leave, I'm going to leave. And my buddy goes, if we get through halfway and you run out the back door, I'm running with you. <laughs> what a great friend, man. And I tell you, uh, that really changed my life. And you know, the pastor gave me a big hug and said, I'm so glad you're here. And then uh, started going to a Thursday men's uh, group uh, faithfully every week and then started teaching at it. And then I, I went through a recommissioning process with the church and restoration. Um, and 
So it was just an amazing, amazing season. And it just reminds me over and over and over again that God is the God of second chances. And so, you know, when we have the before pain, like we haven't really experienced pain, there can be a sway. But, you know, even after painful times, there could be a temptation to give up on God. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's two ways to to go, you know, either toward God or away from God. There's really no middle ground. You're either in one current moving toward the heart of God or you're moving away from God. And so don't get into that current of sway. Don't let your heart be swayed. Um, if you are suffering pain right now, I am so sorry. Spiritual pain, emotional pain, physical pain, relational pain. Relational pain is so hard. Uh, financial pain is stressful. But if you are, sit in the pain, but remember, God is the God of second chances. He loves you. He's for you. He's going to restore what the locust has eaten. Uh, you you confess to him, and he's, he's faithful. He's true. Uh, he's true to his word, and he is going to... Uh, uh, forgive you, cleanse you. If you've been wronged by others, which is a tough one, um, you know what? Just learn the heart of God and his forgiveness toward you. Keep your heart soft. It, it's the answer. And then you can have that change of heart. That was number three. After the pain, you come to that place. I know what I need to do. And then, and then make a list and just start doing it. You might need to write a letter to somebody. You might need to, uh, you know, understand forgiveness more and maybe, you know, uh, read some books on it or that kind of thing. Uh, whatever it is, but God will meet you where you're at. And, you know, interestingly, uh, you know, I had made some mistakes four and a half years ago, uh, but there were some accusations that weren't true, that were horribly false. And interestingly, I two years later, got an apology letter from the individual that made uh, the accusation. And so I had an opportunity to learn forgiveness one more time. And I forgave him. I forgave him. It's hard when the accusation is public and the forgive, uh, asking forgiveness is private. That's a tough one. But you know what? In God's economy, God sees it all. He's the Lord of it all. And so we can trust him in that. And then you know, the heart of the father is mercy. And just think of that, you know, a, a, a son who went out wild living, blew everything he had, wasted, remember, wasted everything he had. And he comes home and he has his speech down. Father, I sinned against heaven and I sinned against you. And he probably said it over and over and over again on the way home. Father, I sinned against heaven and I sinned against you. And the father sees him at a distance and runs to him and grabs a hold of him and hugs him and kisses him before he could get his speech out. <laughs> That's how much the Father in heaven loves you. Like before you can even get the words off your lips in a prayer, the Father's already embraced you. So remember that the heart of the Father is mercy. And so no matter what you've done in life, God is the God of second chances. 
just always, you know, go back to 1 John 1, 9, that if you confess, he's faithful and just. He's going to forgive you of all sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Remember Lamentations 3, his, his compassions, his mercy are new every morning. So you wake up, Lord, every morning, it's your mercy. And you're going to be living out uh, the beauty of God's heart for you and his heart of mercy, because in fact, he's the God of second chances. And I want to pray for you. Father in heaven, thank you for each person that's listening. God, I pray you encourage them. I pray that uh, that their hearts would be light and glad, full of love and joy and peace, and that they would embrace that you truly are the God of second chances. As far as the east is from the west, you have removed their mistakes, their faults, their sin, and they are living in your hands of mercy. So God, fill them afresh with the power of your Holy Spirit. Bless them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Keep Moving Forward podcast with Tom O'Leary. Uh, hey, pass this on to some friends, maybe a Bible study group, maybe uh, just someone you think uh, needs to hear the message. God's the God of second chances. And uh, I think you'll bless them with it. And then thanks again for interacting. Uh, and passing the messages on. Uh, if you are able to donate, that is such a blessing. Remember, you can get the podcasts uh, on your podcast app on your phone, or you can just go to the website, tomalleary.org. And also that's where the give donate button is. Uh, thanks in advance. If you're able to give, uh, it's just, uh, is I'm so grateful and it makes a world of difference. So never forget, never, ever, ever, ever. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And I'm for you. God bless.